tonight on Rogue Squadron. That's we're called Rogue Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! This is our very first episode. <laughs> I've had it's gonna go. Still learning so the name. Today. <laughs> so many. Tonight on Rogue Squadron, message from Silly Squadron sliding into Kel's DMs. Vort's a bing ring action hero, and the wraiths go rogue. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Hello, wonderful, beautiful listeners. Welcome to the latest episode of Rogue Padron. Quick reminder of your hosts, if Danny Rogue Six was a classic horror movie monster, he would be Frankenstein's monster because he just wants to spend an evening admiring flowers and making friends. Uh... <laughs> oh my god, can you not? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. That's the sound I make when I admire flowers and make friends. <laughs> well, that explains you must have a lot. So many friends. <laughs> All right. So okay. Good. Too real, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Rogue Three would be a werewolf because then he could play with dogs as a dog all day. And who oh doesn't... my god! Yes, <laughs> the dream come true. Seth. Rogue Seven would be a vampire because she's totally down to flirt, but really she just wants some food. <laughs> yeah. And yes. the food yes. is human blood. Yeah, yes. didn't you know that? Correct. It's one of my dietary requirements. <laughs> That's what vampires eat, Danny. <laughs> You'll be to watch out of celebration. Watch out. It's Saf Saf. And I'm Meg, rogue leader, and I would be a mummy because layers are cute. Oh. <laughs> it's true. You're adorable. <laughs> Thanks. Just like a mummy, I guess. <laughs> Just like a mummy. Well then, speaking of wrapping Meg up in toilet paper, I have a question <laughs> about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Yes. <clears throat> Where's Wedge? Flirting with a married lady? Yeah. <laughs> Flirting with a presumably widowed but secretly married lady? Yeah. yeah. Knowing Wedge, yes. that's exactly where he is. So, I hope, General Organa, then? I hope... Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh my no. God. Son. Oh, yeah. It could be. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty good oh, friends. Are. Leading up to the surprise Harrison cameo in episode 9. Oh. If that actually happened. Very surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Super surprise. Yeah. Wow. Um, but really, I hope he's just taking a break somewhere. Yeah, I hope he's having, just like living his best life. And that he's drinking like space pina coladas out of space pineapples. Just all day, oh every God. day. Yeah. Yes. And that... 
hopefully sometime soon Akbar also retires and goes and drinks with Wedge on the beach. They also need a chill. And yeah. makes ocean puns all day long. All day. Wedge, <laughs> Wedge would hate it, but he's too drunk to care. Right. That would be an excellent odd couple like spin-off series. Just like Old Akbar, Man Wedge and Old Akbar. Man Akbar and Old Man Wedge, like on I a beach getting into Retired misadventures on that have like zero consequences for the larger galaxy as a whole. I right. would pay for HBO Go to watch that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, we're out of decaf coffee in the lodge. Decaf <laughs> Old cap. Man Wedge. Sorry, decaf cap. <laughs> decaf cap. Old Man Wedge and Old Man Akbar to the rescue. I love it. Oh, I love it's like it their so first much. time in a space Costco. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! They, we see them go grocery shopping together. Oh yes, I love it. This is in like the TGIF lineup with that so Bodhi. Yeah. Yeah. Or the other, we came up with some other shows too. We'll have to listen to it again. So we have a full like four show lineup. <laughs> we should really call Pablo. We've got some good ideas. <laughs> right. Or like. Wedge goes swimming, and his foot gets caught in a lobster holder, and Akbar comes out and tells him, <laughs> it's a trap. No. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I think that totally should happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would watch that show, and I would pay money for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Call us Lucas. Subscribe by a season pass on iTunes. <laughs> and I would saying something pre-order the deluxe cheap. blu-ray yeah right <clears throat> oh my gosh um but do we want to see him in episode eight and in what capacity given that he was completely not mentioned in episode seven i'm honestly indifferent yeah. to it um i feel like i never had an appreciation for wedge until we were reading these books and i kind of like that his story just like lives on the page and i know like it's not canon now or whatever but i feel like if he was going to be in the movie it would be it would have to just be so brief like a cameo that it might it feels like it wouldn't even be worth it i think i agree with that plus i have enough trouble recognizing him in the movies he's actually in that (laughs) even if he came into the next movie i wouldn't know who the hell he was until somebody said his name they could hire literally any actor to play play him they they literally couldn't i wouldn't know at all yeah. Um, what, um, what, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, do we think he's going to make it out of Empire's End alive? Well, yes. I haven't read any of those books, so <laughs> he's always going to be alive. <laughs> I, mm, I'm torn. Like, on, on one hand, I want to say that he's, like, too important of a character for them to, like, kill off, like, kind of still this early into the canon reboot or whatever you want to call it. But that's exactly why they would kill him off. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like a good explanation for why he's not in the movies. I think they'll keep him around, if only because they might want to do more X-Wing books in the future in the new canon. Mm-hmm. Like, killing off Wedge takes out a big chunk of potential stuff they could do in the future without bringing a new, char- like a new character to have to run it all. Um, I mean, it would be definitely a big surprise and a big tragedy if they actually did it, but I don't think they will. And I don't think Chuck Weddig entirely feels like the kind of person to just 
kill off a bunch of characters as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Also, fan outrage would be like to the church. But, I mean, half the people already hate Chuck Wendig anyway, so maybe, you know, he's the one to do it. Yeah. He's like, cut your losses, Chuck. Just go ahead and kill him for us. (laughs) Wait, wait. I've never heard the phrase through the church. Sorry, I meant meant church. Yeah, me. Church. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Danny. I'm having trouble with words today, okay? I'm I just, just gonna let it slide. I thought I was the the useless one. <laughs> no sad. Like, it's I always me. Is that gonna become a new rogue pod thing now? Through, through the church. church. I am so excited. My levels of excitement are just through the church. <laughs> Amazing. Uh through the church. I love it. Great. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody was to, it would be Chuck. Yeah. Wow, our social media person is on the ball. Right? <laughs> it me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just surprised. In case nobody here knew. <laughs> Wait, who you're did. the one who tweets from that account? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would actually be like really funny if each of us thought it was a different person. Nobody, <laughs> nobody actually knew who did no it. No one actually knew. It's like the fifth ghost member of Rogue Quadrant. <laughs> like, oh, Heath, it's such a good tweet. Like, what are you talking about? Meg tweets. <laughs> Excuse me? I don't even know the password. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, gosh. That sounds like something we'd do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of things that we do, let's jump into chapters 9 through 12. Oh, guess I'm not cutting that out as a blooper. Whoops. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> keep it in. Keep it in. It'll make no sense. <laughs> Nothing makes any sense. Just so everyone knows. Welcome to Robot. Tweeted through the church about 10 seconds after I said it live. (laughs) That's the context (laughs) for that whole thing. Now we can move on. Uh, We're a good podcast. (laughs) The best podcast. (laughs) So, a little reminder of where we left off. They are on full lore. And the... Implacable, commanded by Admiral Triggett, is, you know, out to destroy them, basically. And Meg, so, Kellen Runt... Are you sure that it's pronounced Triggett? Because I noticed that our listeners have been telling us that we pronounce literally every other character's name wrong. So did you know? If maybe it's Trigate or Trigite? Did, did... That sounds so bad. Or Trigite? No. That or I am bad at pronouncing any of these names. Every one of these names. So it's just going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, okay. In like every Star Wars movie, everyone says everything differently. Like they say Jakku in yeah. like five different ways in the movie. Right. I think it's acceptable to say names wrong in Star Wars. I mean, we're going to go save Han. So I'm going to say it's Admiral Triggett. <laughs> it's like they've come to accept that everyone is from different places and pronounces things in different ways. Well, if only the real world could do that. Wild concept. <laughs> So Kellen Runt 
are off along with two A-Wings from Blood Squadron, and they are going ahead to scout for Ties and the Implacable. Of course, they have to turn it into a competition between the two different vehicles. At one point, Kel almost crashes into one of the A-wing, A-Wings, but it gives them the lead for the race to win this battle. Good job, Kel. We find out that Kel's astromech is named 13 due to a glitch where it would always return the number 13 in the random number generator. <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible glitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Either that or Kel set the parameters to be pick a number between 13 and 13 and didn't realize it. Right, thir- thir- 13? 13. I mean... Surely there are odds for how many times 13 would turn up in a row. Like, surely that's possible in some universe. Maybe nothing was wrong. Sass. Maybe. <laughs> Danny, Never. what are the odds for it? They have no use. What are the odds? For odds. Never tell me. <laughs> Gross. Oof. But Kel's not Karelian, so he doesn't know anything about that. Thank God. I mean, he's not, but I mean, he is. his parents are carillion he he doesn't know it there's a whole backstory about that but he's definitely carillion he's gonna find out about like his great grandpa and a secret identity well yeah i mean you can't be be, like corn being a jedi you can't be a prominent character in these books if you're not from carillia that's just how it goes that's totally (laughs) fair so the droids glitch is fixed but they kept it as a name because it's cute, I guess. And he assumes the droid likes it because it's the makes it the unofficial 13th member of Wraith Squadron, which is actually pretty sweet. The pilots settle into the pig trough and track the ties. They hone in on the, implaca- on the implacable's location, but it already has its shields up. Kel is trying to figure out a way to hinder the capital ship, knowing it would give its new his new squadron a much greater chance of survival. Meanwhile, up in space, the rest of the Wraiths and Blue Squadron are arrive in time for a battle. It's three to one odds. Of course, Wedge is the one to mention that. But they're doing their best. Jasmine is proving herself to be a good wingmate, and Piggy is giving other Wraiths helpful instructions as they fly. Piggy is so helpful. Super helpful. So smart. At one point, Wedge and Admiral Triggett pick up some comm signals. Surprise! It's Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Rogue 2? Trigget comes to the conclusion that the current Republic freighters, fighters are out there defending Han and Leia's escape in the Millennium Falcon. He's even more determined to catch it now. Meanwhile, Wedge thinks about how crappy the New Republic voice transmissions are and figures out that these messages are a ploy by Kel and the others in order to buy them more time. The Implacable breaks off and fight, uh, and the fighters do their best to clean up the tie trash. Unfortunately, Jasmine gets hit, but she's all right. Wedge orders her to go back to the base rather than continue the fight and surely be killed. We have a moment of a callback where he feels for her because it's exactly what happened to him on that first Death Star. Because Wedge can't do any good back there. (laughs) Wedge. Wedge has baggage. He has a couple pieces, yes. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> he has a lot of baggage. <laughs> Old man, 28-year-old wedge. <laughs> oh my god, he's... <laughs> he's so young. I have not many years to catch up to how much Wedge has done in his life. I'm older than Wedge. I have done nothing. 
<laughs> you haven't blown up a Death Star, Meg? What are you I'm doing? A crisis here. <laughs> I have to blow up two Death Stars before my next birthday. Yeah, get oh, off the <laughs> Hey. Far away. I took a shower That's today, okay? So we're going to call it a success. Yes, check mark. Far Good away, the X-Wings and the A-Wings continue to lead the Implacable on a wild bantha chase. After they get confirmation the Borlaeus has launched, they revert their signals back into two X-Wings and two A-Wings and head into the pick trough. Trigget thinks this is a cheap ploy, that this part is the cheap ploy, and continues <laughs> to go after them. What an finds- idiot. Right. When he finds out that there was a second transport launching, he starts to think something might be wrong, but he goes after them anyway. How did the Imperials end up with all the stupid people? Because they're on the wrong side of justice. Yeah. Oh. It's like how Iron Man is really stupid. I feel like I can see some parallels to that in our real world. (laughs) (laughs) Also Iron Man. (laughs) 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 Which is basically the real world, too. Yes, it is. Yeah, all those superheroes. Does that make, like, Admiral Triggett, like, Justin Hammer? Um, I'm sorry for that. That's how I'm going to picture him from now on. It should be. (laughs) Yes. That is how I'm picturing him. Yes. So the Borlaeus is cleared for its jump, and Blue Squadron and Wraith Squadron break off to get out of there. The ties do not put up a fight. When Trigget finds out that there's no signature that could possibly be the Millennium Falcon, he realizes he was duped again. And orders... (laughs) And he orders them just to laser the crap out of those four tiny ships. (laughs) Thanks to another one of Runt's minds, the one who remembers and studies for tests, they make it out of the trough relatively unscathed. But first, they boast. I wish I had a mind that remembered and studied for tests. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It'd be like one mind is focused on, like, doing smart things, and then the other mind is just, like, party town all day long. Right? Well, that's like the pilot mind, right? It's just going to yell and go into battle. (laughs) That's just me 24-7. Right? That is just your one mind, Seth. <laughs> yeah. Yelling and fighting. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Also, their boasting is hilarious. Uh, see, and they made fun, but Dinner Squadron and Silly Squadron are there to save the day, so... Yeah, Dinner Squadron's always there. Dinner Squadron is always ready. <laughs> Best squadron. I'm more of a brunch squadron guy myself. <laughs> You would be. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm still with Dinner Squadron. Uh, actually, Absolutely. I, I mean, if I had to commit to one, it'd be Midnight Snack Squadron. That's mm. a good one. Or like 11 p.m. Nacho Squadron. I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to... 11 p.m. Nacho Squadron. I'm going to go, just... go for Kiwi and just be sick and breakfast squadron. Next mm. breakfast squadron. Mm. You're such a hobbit. I'm going to go with Pizza Squadron because that could be breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or a midnight snack, or anytime you want it. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Like if we just put more cheese and jalapenos on top of the pizza, bam, nachos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Oh, I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm really hungry. Do you want to take a quick snack break? No. All right. So the next chapter, we find out that the Wraiths have suffered no losses. Hooray! Blue Squadron, on the other hand, has already lost five. Cubber and Squeaky show up in the Nara, which is their um, 
imperial shaped like a triangle <laughs> ship. What's it? Why can't I remember what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the em- like the emperor's shuttle. Yeah. Oh, what is? It? Is it just called a shuttle? I think I don't know. <laughs> we are the shuttle? worst Star Wars fans. <laughs> Wait, what's the question? The, the uh, triangle ship that they steal in Return of the Jedi. What is it called? Just an Imperial shuttle, right? Just an Imperial shuttle, yeah. Because okay. I was I researched that for like fan fiction or something. Okay, good. I was like, is there a name I'm forgetting? Oh, thank goodness wait, we have at least one shuttle? real Star Wars fan on the podcast. Wait, wait, is it the Lambda shuttle? Oh, it, it's it's a that's a Lambda class shuttle, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, bad yeah, fan. I always called it Lambda class shuttle. Lombada. No wonder oh you God, can't pronounce anyone's Lombada. names correctly. <laughs> Emperor Palpatine's shuttle is a Lambda class T4A shuttle. It doesn't seem to have like Anything an official say. name of some kind. The Lombada shuttle. We'll the Lombada. I'm sure we'll be told by our listeners if <laughs> it has a name that we forgot or something. <laughs> We're subtweeting so hard. Um, <laughs> So Squeaky shows up at the Nara, letting them, uh, letting them know that Squeaky ransacked everyone's rooms and brought what he thought was most important personal items, mainly to save himself the trouble from having to listen to dumb requests and replace stuff later on. I love him. I really like He's the so image good. of him going through everyone's rooms and like trying to make the call about what is important, what isn't. <laughs> <Just bring> it <laughs> over. <laughs> like, hmm, yeah, Face probably needs the blue boxers, but I'll leave the the red boxers behind <laughs> right he's like oh, i don't know pictures of loved ones or <laughs> leftover nachos from 11 p.m last night it's like obviously the nachos <laughs> they're gonna be hungry <laughs> he just throws it over his shoulder <laughs> the wraiths head out to the doldrums to recoup and to finish their hyperspace exercise Trigget reports to Zinj about the good news that Fulor is destroyed, but the bad news of the rebels pretty much kicking their butts. He assures Zinj that he has something in the works that will more than get back at them for it. Can we mm. revisit from a couple book or a couple episodes ago? What is the relationship between Trigget and Zinj? Like, why are they? Why is Trigget working for Zinj? So Zinj is a former. Grand Moff or something like that. But now he's a warlord. So he's off on his own, both the enemy of the Empire and the Republic. Trigget has decided to follow under Zinge because it it is in his best interest and easiest way to gain his own power. Gotcha. Yeah. So Trigget thinks that eventually he'll have enough uh, like power under him to overthrow Zinge. As they always do. As they always do. Gotcha. So, we'll see. <laughs> Wedge has a brief comment, private com chat with Wiz. Overall, they're not as good as the rogues when they were reformed, but still not bad. Wedge remarks that, that he's having trouble anticipating them. When he gives them an objective, but no instructions, they figure out the oddest way to accomplish their goals. This basically just makes Wedge feel old, once again. <laughs> This, this is just basically so like young. explaining the premise of of this series. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> like this was Aaron Alston's pitch to the the book publishing team right here. Right. Kel surprises us by not thinking about his father during the hyperspace jump. Wow, 
(laughs) (laughs) Low bar there, Kel. Right? But less surprisingly, he does think about Tyria, Tyria, whatever her name is. Tarkin. Um, (laughs) So, first he considers what he needs to do in order to prove that he loves her. Thankfully, his conscience is like, hold up, bro. And points out that he does not, in fact, love her. Oh, my God. I like that his idea was like, oh, I should just think about her more to prove her wrong. (laughs) Like, buddy. He's going to keep a log of all the times he thought about her. Got to schedule some time in his day to think about her. Right. The whole time I was reading this, I was like, (laughs) this could be Corin. Like, (laughs) this could literally be Corin having this inner crisis right now oh my gosh oh right. so annoying because mirax would shoot him down and be like lol no you do not right love me. and then he would spend days agonizing about whether or not he actually does and like oh god <laughs> corin oh, oh well so we find out that he figures out that he's more obsessed and mesmer- mesmerized by her like he was with holodrama actress Tuatara Lone when he was a teen. This was such a weird, like, thing to add. <laughs> like, okay, you guys know what Tuataras are, right? Mm. Like, wh- wh- who other person in Star Wars is named after an animal? Like, it's such a weird <laughs> thing for me. Uh, Piggy. <laughs> Everything here is... Piggy. Okay, Piggy is, but that Piggy. is them being mean to him. Porkins. <laughs> also Piggy. It's a lot of swine-based <laughs> nicknames. <laughs> also, there's a really Akbar. nice beer here for does, does Lama Sue count? <laughs> okay, okay, is this lady a lizard lady? Because it's not. <laughs> that was quick, Heath. Llama oh I'm gonna get a llama and name it Sue. I'm over here thinking oh, like, is God. there a dog, a cat, and he's like llama <laughs> Sue. <laughs> Look, I go deep, man. Oh, hashtag true fan. <laughs> but really, this part was just like, I do not need to know about like 13 year old Kel, like obsessively fawning over some actress because like it's too real i think for fandom (laughs) (laughs) that's like the worst one of the worst parts of fandom and they just call it out right there (laughs) is this him is this him like subtweeting the fandom as he's writing this book he's like none of you love these people leave leia and her bikini alone (laughs) amazing oh Yeah, basically. In the end, Kel accepts the fact that he was super wrong and he should really just stop. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) God bless. Yep, yep, yep. When the Wraiths exit their first hyperspace jump, they're all hit with some kind of ionization blast and all of their mechanics are wiped, including their astromechs and Peggy's voice box. All of the Wraiths report in except Grinder, Fannin, and Runt. Min is obviously shaken, maybe suffering from a concussion. Things are not so good currently. The race don't have too many options, especially with their low fuel supply. They could refuel from the Nara, but it would take hours. So they could all board the shuttle, but then the loss of 12 X-Wings would doom the squadron. 
Really, their only option is this. Go to the surface nearby and make as many repairs as possible. They'll use the NARS tractor beam to haul the three unresponsive X-Wings over to that same place. Cubber and Kel will do what they can as fast as they can to make at least to make sure that at least they can fight off any pursuers that will no doubt jump into the system. Wedge DMs Kel, referring to him as demolitions rather than using their <laughs> call signs. Not quite sure why, but it just happens. And he asks Kel what he think might have happened. And they come up with that it was probably some kind of ionization bomb set up where it was anticipated their target would go through. Because the Imperials knew that the rebels were on Folor, they were able to think that the most likely, like, think of the most likely ways out of the system if the rebels were to flee, and one of them happened to be exactly where the race ended up. Wow. A good thing to note here, though, is that that conversation took, like, a page, but please remember, Kit and Lauren, Kit and Lormat Taking a whole chapter to do math to find out where the ropes are. God, ride. yeah. <laughs> he could have just put bombs everywhere. He could have just put bombs. <laughs> so. I like this callback to Kitten. It's been a yeah, while. Right? Oh, Kitten. <laughs> so that's one more danger that the wraiths have to look out for now. While Kel's working on repairs, Min now calls him on his private comlink line. He begs him to help. He begs him for his help, for Shiner, his astromech, is still down. At first, Kel dismisses it, but then he tells Min to put a restraining bolt on and Shiner to re- put a restraining bolt on Shiner, and thankfully it does reboot him. Kel is kind of feeling thrown off on this because of the way that Min really insists that they need his help. Now, like, Shiner is not responsive and is definitely freaking out more than anyone could anticipate him to. Gee, I'm sorry the robot's his friend. Like, Right. Gosh, Kel. It's Kel. It's he Kel. doesn't understand friendship. Gosh, Kel. Oof. <laughs> Runch and Grinder's X-Wings are alright, but Fanon is a no-go until they could get it to a real shop. Fanon is also pretty injured from their like dog fights against the TIE fighters. He's done his best to patch himself up, but now because of the ionization, most of his prosthetics are malfunctioning. Well, that's awkward. <laughs> oh dear. Poor guy. <laughs> He's not having a good day. Well, how do the wraiths get out of this one? Let me tell you. <laughs> they should all Please tell us. <laughs> First, they're going to use Fanon's X-Wing as bait, planting it with debris and an SOS call. One of the wraiths, now referred to as Intruder, will be hiding inside of a smuggling compartment taken from the Nara. The Intruder will be rigged with a super crude laser cannon ripped off an X-Wing, and their compartment will have an astromech and repulsor engines to remo- to, so they can maneuver or escape. When Whenever... When whatever Imperial ship comes and tractor beams the smuggling compartment on board, they'll basically jump out and wreck anybody around. I don't understand anything that happened in the next chapter. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're going to go over it in class. (laughs) class. You're like Wedge, Saf. I don't understand anything. I'm too old for this. Yeah, basically. I'm the youngest here. 
That's Wedge. As he complains to Wiz, they're doing it again. <laughs> I love this relationship between Wedge and the Wraith so much that he just doesn't understand them. He's like, <laughs> they kind of know what they're doing, I think. But it really worries me still. <laughs> they're yeah. going to use the Snapchat contraption on their smarty phones to make things happen. <laughs> I just don't get it. I think this is how Austin feels about us as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Austin. Hi. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, it just makes me think of when he did all of the eggplant emoji. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> Dad, calm down. Dad has no chill. <laughs> So that is such a dead thing to do. <laughs> Just like way over eager with the eggplants. <laughs> I understand what the kids are doing. I need to do it some more. Oh my god. Whew. So in the next chapter, while working on their plan, Kel and Cubber come up upon the problem that a pilot in an exosuit would not be able to fit inside the smuggling compartment. So the pilot would have to be only wearing their flight suit which, you know, a flight suit in a super modified closet floating in the coldness of space is not, like, the best idea for survival. Not ideal. Fine. Not, not super great for, like, human configuration. <laughs> Thankfully, Piggy volunteers to be the intruder, saying he's able to survive in space for 30 minutes in just his flight suit rather than a few minutes like weak humans. I like that little shout out where it's like, you humans don't like fat people. <laughs> Right? He's, he's like it's them. He's like, look how great being fat is. <laughs> it was also my last play. They end up finishing the death box, which they lovingly have dubbed the lunatic. It looks bad, but all of the tests are green, so they'll continue with the mission. All of the wraiths are in place. Wedge is just chilling, thinking about how the others would be too hyped to relax. And he's hoping that they'll live long enough to learn how to cool it when they can. The remains of Fanon's X-Wing and the other garbage is floating around, continuously broadcasting a very well-acted distress call by face. <laughs> Cubber and Kel have a conversation. Kel swore he has seen an X-Wing with a small gray attachment on it. Cubber, Cubber, on the other hand, swears that there isn't any of that on any X-Wing, but there is one on the Nara. And Kel says there definitely should not be one on the Nara because he serviced it himself and did not see one. This is definitely an issue, TM. But before Wedge can send anyone to do a flyby and check on the Nara, Imperial transmissions are picked up. So many things happening. Yep. A lot of things are happening. Intrigue and action. Yeah. Piggy successfully gets himself into the lunatic and everything is good to go. But Gadget, Fanon's R2, who is the one that is, like, pasted on top of the death box, is worried that he won't survive. Piggy promises to get Gadget out alive, which is pretty cute. Go, Piggy. The ship that appears turns out to be a Corellian Corvette and not the Implacable, which is probably for the best. A couple ties come out to check the debris. Piggy and Gadget start initiating their plan, but something goes wrong. Surprise. And maneuvering... It Something is wrong with maneuvering, and the next thing he knows, Piggy is inside the hangar of the Corvette being shot at by a couple stormtroopers. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Everything's <laughs> fine. Right? Oh, great, no doubt. This is exactly how we planned this would go. 
super. <laughs> super awesome. Piggy's a hero. He's got this. Piggy is such a hero. Because we see he manages to take out two stormtroopers shooting at him with the help of actually pushing around a TIE fighter. <laughs> <laughs> He's so badass. I love him. He just shoulder, literally shoulders it and moves it around. And that is just so amazing. <laughs> He's worried that whoever is in control of the ship is going to vent the hangar, forcing him into space and or suffocating him. He uses the rigged blaster cannon to shoot through the ceiling into what he thinks is the officer's quarters. Right above the officer's quarters should be the bridge. Surprise, though! There are no officer's quarters, and he fires directly onto the bridge. When he gets up there, the Imperial surrender pretty immediately after that horrendous display of firepower that totally liquefied their captain. <laughs> then Captain Vortza Bingring invites the Wraiths to hurry aboard the now New Republic Corvette Nightcaller. Which I don't know if the former captain thought that was like a scary name, but it's definitely like a call girl name. <laughs> 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 oh my god like it doesn't inspire fear in me it makes me think someone's having an affair <laughs> doesn't it like I feel weird writing Nightcaller so much I, yeah no I can I can understand that maybe he was having an affair with the you ship don't know, right you just don't know <clears throat> in the next chapter the race land the Nightcaller on Zobome 6. <laughs> Sorry, what was the name of that planet? Uh, Zobome. 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 Oh my god, can we go, can we please go with Zobome? Yeah, I'll say Zobome. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. When Zobome. <laughs> Zobome 6. So there are at least five other Zobome there. <laughs> What's the plural of Zabome? It's just Zabome. It's Zabome. Yeah. Like, I have 12 Zabome. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wedge stays on the bridge, going through the records, while the other wraiths run about the ship. Phelan gets the duty of cleaning up a supercharred body of Captain Zural Dylian. Sure. And... Okay, buddy. Sure. <laughs> and one nice little, like, very small thing here is that Alston refers to the captain as them rather than immediately signing them a gender, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. Of course, we find out later Zarel is a dude, but at least it was nice to, like, maybe think it was a woman for a while. <laughs> or no one, or just a them, and that'd be fine, too. Yeah. Maybe it was because they got so liquefied nobody could tell what gender they were. Right, but I th I'm going to go with the very, like, it could be anybody. It's just a captain and a name. Yeah, Who cares? I like that. Yeah. The entire Corvette has been factory modified to be a vessel of war. More room for TIE fighters, a powerful tractor beam, more streamlined design, and other smaller modifications. The function of the Nightcaller is to set out Empion mines which we infer that these are what Wedge and Kel were talking about earlier, and monitor their frequencies to see if and when they go off. Grinder finds out some very good news for the Wraiths, because Piggy was so efficient 
The crew had no time to purge their records or send out a distress message. The race have access to all of their mission data as Admiral Triggett, who is the night who is the who the night caller is currently flying under, has absolutely no idea it's been seized by the Republic. Wedge starts to formulate a plan. Kel and Cubber go to find the attachment that's on the Nara. It doesn't seem to be a bomb, which is, I guess, a plus, and Kel manages to pull it off. It's definitely mechanical and probably dead, scrambled by the same thing that messed up their own droids. They take it back aboard for a look. In the briefing for the pilots who aren't doing necessary duties, like guarding prisoners or monitoring comms, Piggy jokingly asks if he could keep the ship. Wedge, of course, continues the joke (laughs) too far, Dad, telling Piggy he could keep the ship, but he'd have to submit an application and transfer out and blah, blah, blah. Like, it goes on for two pages. Like, Wedge... It's not a good joke if you have to keep talking about it. Such a dad. Oh, oh my god. god. Piggy decides to stay a fighter pilot. <laughs> Fanon is doing better. Mostly he's pissed about his A-wing being blown up and his prosthetics not working quite right. Which he does not seem to care about this at all. <laughs> They find out that the attachment that was on the Nara is a mobile mobile um, infiltration unit. It can hop from ship to ship and camouflage, sending out comms. Because it's fried, they can't figure out where it came from or what its mission truly is. They will advise the New Republic to be on the lookout for more of those devices. They send out a fake report off to Trigget explaining more or less what actually happened, just without the part where the Alliance takes over the ship. It should buy them time to give them all enough rest to recover before the new phase of their mission, becoming the Nightcaller's crew and going out about their schedule until they can find a way to strike at Zinge. Kel finds Face and Jasmine watching holos of Captain Dalian. It turns out he's a super smarmy, self-important jerko, which who would have thought? Face (laughs) then tells a beautiful story of how he once sat in Isard's lap. (laughs) he had once acted in the holodrama as a boy with republic loyalist parents oh god (laughs) the boy gets killed by his father as he tries to flee to the empire and he dies in the emperor's arms begging the emperor to save the galaxy oh my (laughs) little on the nose (laughs) as a reward for his great work He's taken to Coruscant to meet the Emperor. But he, because he was unavailable, he got to meet Isard instead. Oh, what a consolation prize. He describes it as, It was like being stroked by a poisonous reptile worker human suit, Ew. only not so comforting. Ew. There's a lot oh. to unpack there. <laughs> a lot. Uh-huh. Face has a lot. That man has a lot of baggage. Did it also say that he like got to sit on her lap? Yeah. yeah, and you called him a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> Who, who's so a good boy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Remember that her eyes are two different colors. <laughs> and she was also slender. <laughs> oh, God. And, like, super attractive, but scary. Ah, <laughs> uh, sigh. Uh, I hate Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> On his way out of the whatever room uh, 
uh, face and Jasmine are in. Cut runs into Min and asks how Shiner is doing. Min seems to not really remember his panic earlier. And when Kel questions him further, he just says that they feel like they need to protect their droids. I love Min so much. Min's a good dude. I like him. Yeah, He'd be a not yeah. die. Uh, so Kel comes up with an idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. I mean, oh if the goodness. foreshadowing is to believe Min is the only one who's going to be alive when this is all said and done, and he's going to be real sad about it. Oh my god! Tragedy, I love it. Yep. <laughs> it's what I'm here for. That sounds so sad, yes, please. <laughs> please. It's what I want in my fiction. Please make me sad. <laughs> so Kel comes up with an idea to remove the escape pods and paint the ties to match and put them in the escape pod docks. It'll be safe. It'll be faster and safer for them to deploy that way. Note here, it's Wedge who flies the ties into those docks, which would be a nice canon universe tie-in, considering Canon Wedge was an Imperial defector rather than the son of a humble space refueling station owner. Yeah, yeah, right. So smart. <laughs> I'm sure it was zero percent intentional. <laughs> yeah, but I'm into it. Gotta tie the threads together. Hashtag it's all connected. Um, they also come up with a better way to hold the X-Wings. So now 11 X-Wings and two TIE Fighters can all fit in the hold. It's a slow process to get them docked, but it's pretty fast to launch, which is the most important thing, considering X-Wings can go into hyperspace on their own. The Nightcaller then was ready for battle. I had to force myself to put down the book because I was getting really into yes. it. And I was like, no, I can't read these chapters yet, but I want to. And I think that's a big difference um, between like reading these so far and the first Rogue books is that the action chapters aren't just action. And they do a lot more to further the story than just describing like barrel rolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, like, if you think, of, I mean, I noticed this because I obviously write the show notes, but, you know, a lot of the space battle chapters, it would seriously be, like, three bullet points that are, like, space is happening! Pew, pew! pew but, like, pew, here, pew. there's a lot going on yeah. with that. Yeah. Mm. I'm into it. I'm digging these books. These books. I'm digging this book a lot. <coughs> I don't think I was as excited to, like, continue reading a book since maybe the first Rogue Squadron book. Good. Nobody yeah, kill me. I'm enjoying it. Speaking of enjoying things, I enjoyed all of our listener responses this week. Nice. Um, Good one. I've just got to say, our listeners have been killing it with the responses. We've been getting a lot of them every week, which is awesome. Um, so re- reminder. Are good people. Yeah, you're all great. You're all oh, wonderful. Except for one of you. You know who you are. <laughs> Danny. Oh, they're all gonna judge themselves now. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> everyone's gonna have a complex. <laughs> Good, perfect. If Rogue Potter doesn't give you a complex, we're not doing something right. <laughs> I don't know who Danny has a beef with, but I love all of our listeners, except uh, for Danny, I guess. Wow, anyway, that's really rude to Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we asked you all, what would you name your X-Wing or A-Wing or Y-Wing squadron? <laughs> I love that it's written as Y-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> I 
in the show notes it's written out w h y wing as in like Perfect. why do they exist um sean loftus said i think the last squadron is sufficiently confusing for everyone either that or bod squadron which i think sounds nice i like or- the rhythm in bod squadron bod- I like bod squad because they used yeah, to call them bod, bod squad, squad. Bod, squad bod squad is really good <laughs> They're the brilliant squadron, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Orin, Embroar, and Kel are all in that squadron. Oh, the Bod Squad. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> They're on the Bod Squad. When really Tycho is the only one who should be in the Bod Squad, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Ian Miller said, My A Wing squadron would be Spear Tip. The crest is a rebel logo with an A Wing as the head of a spear. The drive tails are the shaft. <laughs> I feel like you know us very well here, Ian. I don't get it. And then, <laughs> so okay, Daniel, we'll explain yeah. later. Okay, thanks. We'll tell you when you're older. When a spear really loves another spear. <laughs> um. Then Ian added, their arch rivals are Hiramoff, Mantuine, Mantuine III's 182nd wing, who paint a black stripe on their wings. Unfortunately, no one told the moth that black on black looks the same, so he is most upset. Oh, moth. <laughs> That's really funny. Nancy, <laughs> this, this one is my favorite for the week, I think. Nancy said, slightly smaller squadron. <laughs> <laughs> And she said it's because she's short. Oh my god. And I love that it's also a reference to the slightly smaller Luke. (laughs) Crazy fan theory. (laughs) I love fan theory so much. The greatest of fan theories. It's like my favorite fan theory. Just because of how absurd it is. Oh my god. Thank you, Nancy. It's absurd, but there's so much evidence for it. I know, right? There really is. We are we are such slightly smaller Luke truthers here. I mean, it's hard to deny. Is it? I feel like people aren't talking about it because it's just so obvious that we've all come to accept it as common fact at this point. (laughs) I don't know. There'll be a a slightly smaller Luke in the new movie. You know, I really hope there is. Oh my god, I hope there's a panel at celebration with ryan johnson where he takes questions and i will totally get up and ask him which (laughs) is in the movie (laughs) which which luke do we see there on (laughs) with ray is it slightly smaller luke or regular luke (laughs) oh my god or luke what the clone yeah (laughs) oh no that's ray sorry i forgot that's that's ray yeah that's ray uh, anyway, back to listener responses. Mika said, the Snoke Squadron. Now there are 11 neatly numerated Snokes for people to theorize about and Snoke leader. Also, it will confuse all the Imperials due to obvious reasons and because it kind of rhymes with Rogue. I like that. Jay said, I would name my squadron Beige Squadron so everyone gets Ugh. bored and underestimates us. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe even Teen Vogue Squadron, because that's the name of true enemies of fascism. I love it. Teen so Vogue Squadron. I, really would, I would be a Teen Vogue Squadron fangirl, for sure. I mean, that really should just be the name of the modern resistance. It should be. The Teen Vogue Squadron. Teen Vogue Squadron. With the side of Bod Squad. 
Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> well, Bob's a lot optional. <laughs> Chris Holmes said, Rogue Squadron. The Rogue, Qu- the Rogue Squadron tribute complete with Horn Corn and Devin Garklater. Garklater? <laughs> Vogue Squadron Garklater. for pilots concerned with their appearance, led by Bro Chase. Oh, oh my God. God. That's so really good. Vogue Squadron. So we got both Vogue, Squ- Vogue Squadron and Teen Vogue Squadron. I can't talk right Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> <laughs> struggling. That's really good, though. Horn Corn. <laughs> Horn Corn and Devin Garklater. <laughs> Garklater is the funniest thing I've heard all week. <laughs> oh, I miss Devin. I wish he was in these books. Did you call him Devin? Devin. Devin Garklater. I miss Devin, too. <laughs> Gosh. Ben Newton said the Snowflake Squadron, which is also <laughs> really good given current events. <laughs> Hassan said the Dialong Squadron the call sign within the members will be the, the dragon and their number thank you That's for adding the eggplant emoji as well Hassan even though we did not give instructions to do so last week I appreciate your commitment mm-hmm. Tom said the Ghibli Squadron all our astromechs are painted like No Face or Totoro the That's squadron, so cute That's really I cute love that. That's The squadron. It's so cute. I like. I love it so much. The squad leader is a Gamorrean with a mustache. Aww. Here for oh, it. Perfect. One hundred percent. Nick, Nick, I gotta say, I have to shout you out here because you kept giving us answers throughout the week. It's like you were thinking about this all week long and just <laughs> Who like doesn't as you thought of answers, tweeted them at it. Also, I love like, each of them is like catered to a specific person on the podcast. <laughs> right? I noticed. <laughs> Nick started off one. by saying the Mon Kalahati Squadron. Woo! And then he put these two together, the DeVos Squadron and Bear Squadron. So good. So good. And then the Borgolit Squadron. And they should all be flying Borgolits, which is terrifying. Borgolits. It's, oh it's funny that it's Borgolit Squadron, but then the clarification that they're all flying Borgolits <laughs> is just right. beautiful imagery. Yeah. Right. Terrifying. In case you didn't realize that they were flying flying through the air. God. That is horrific. Spreading truth and honesty throughout the galaxy. Is that what they're doing? Or are they just tentacles on things? Oh, so gross. (laughs) Austin said, Have you met Space Jam Squadron? (laughs) Which is. Oh, really they play the Space Jam song <laughs> on speakers. Everybody every get up. It's time to slam now. <laughs> Space Jam 1 standing by. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god I love it. Ugh. News of the Galaxy said mine would be Johnny Squadron so there can be a Johnny 5 like in Short Circuit. It's a movie guys. Look it up. It's true. I see News of the Galaxy has no faith that we have ever seen any movie that is not a Star Wars movie, and I must no say that, it's warranted. I know faith that you three haven't seen. Right. Yeah. It's, it's fair. It's very, very fair. fair. I can't very hate you that. Um, oh, Sarah, who has written us amazing fanfic in the past, said, Welcome to the Lona Rangers squad. Archivists are very proud of that pun. One pilot doing the job of 12. And she also like drew a picture with the name of the squadron and everything. Awesome. And it's amazing. So we will retweet that for everybody to see. 
Sarah Dempster said Valkyrie Squadron, and it would be all ladies. Hick, yeah. Sarah knows what I'm about. You're the only one here who is all about that, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> also, I am all about that. <laughs> like, three of them are going to be blue. <laughs> what if it was Absolutely. all Lujanes? I would be so happy. The like, Lujanes it would be perfect. Squadron. Because Valkyrie Squadron. They're all zombie Lujanes. <laughs> that would be a terrifying say, squadron. <laughs> I was just gonna say maybe I was just dead in heaven because it was a Valkyrie squadron, so they just <laughs> can be away. Everyone's dead. <laughs> Jonathan Nerf Baker said LOL Y Wings, and then he said that's the name of the squadron. <laughs> just to clarify. Bass said Black Squadron, because if it's good enough for Poe, then I want it. Also uh, true. So Very say true. we all. <laughs> Greg said a Y-wing squadron called Tortoise Squadron, and then added a note that they do not win the ra- win the race because <laughs> they're Aww. slow and terrible. Burn. <laughs> Sometimes slow and steady is just slow and steady. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Matthew Appleby said, "I would name my B-wing squadron Flipper Squadron after the Mon Cala who designed it." Woo! Nice rebels nice. tie in there. Yeah, I like it. Cole said, "Super lazy, enigmatic neon dragon electric redecorator squadron, also known as the Slender Squadron for short." <laughs> <laughs> that, that took is some commitment. Amazing Cole. work, Cole. <laughs> that, took, that took some commitment. It is a masterpiece. And then Glistening Pex just said. Guess. <laughs> glistening squadron. Uh, glistening through the sky. So oh. good. Any glistening Bodhi nominations? Oh my gosh. So many oh, so many good so ones. I will not, I'd like to nominate Cole. Yeah. I like Cole's, Cole. Cole's great. I also want to nominate Bod Squad. Bod Squad. Bod Squad is amazing. Bod <laughs> like, Squad. But also, Bond Squad needs to get some recognition. Yeah. Uh, especially, um, it's just like I think Bond Squadron sounds nice. It's like <laughs> right. Yeah. Us start so immediately good. yelling Bond Squad. Bond Squad. <laughs> if it was just a nice thing, we definitely ruined it. Welcome to Rogue Squadron. I want to give Sarah. one to Sarah because of she drew a picture and everything, and included. Her squadron's name in oh god I'm such a bad Star Wars fan and can't think of the language right now. Orbish. Yes. Yeah. That one. I agree. She deserves. She put a lot of work into that. It's awesome. Any slightly smaller glistening bodies? Um, I think one for where'd it go? Um, for Chris Holmes. Because Cor- Corin, Corin, and Devin. Oh yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yes. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a good one. Like that's that's just good material. <laughs> Corin, Corin. I want, how about Jay for Teen Vogue Squadron? Yeah, I also like the Beige Squadron. <laughs> the Beige Squadron was really funny too. Yeah. And Nancy for slightly smaller. Oh my squadron. god! Yeah, oh, everyone oh, yeah. gets a glistening Bodie. <laughs> 
Well, she, of course, needs the slightly smaller. Yeah, slightly yeah. smaller glistening body for slightly Absolutely. smaller. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, this week's question, what would your Space Academy Award-winning holodrama be about? So mine would be called Fantastic Space Creatures and Where to Find Them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very original. And it would be a series of episodes, each focused on the natural history of a space creature. So one episode would be about the fantastic Wampa, and one mm. episode would be about the beautiful Bantha, and one episode would be about the mystifying Minoc, and they would all be narrated by Space David Attenborough. That's pretty pretty spacey. Mine would be a thriller. Mm-hmm. About <laughs> I have so many regrets. <laughs> anyway, it would be about um, an alien who is studying to be an imperial historian, but notices that some things just like aren't really adding up in the documents he's studying relating to the Jedi purge. So he like goes deep, like undercover to like find out what really happened. Wow, he, that's like a real he doesn't move. believe the Empire's lies. Ah. Safety so of one. I do. Mine's called 500 Days of Winter, and it's about a man who falls in love with a manic pixie dream girl called Winter. Oh my god. (laughs) Realizes that she's not the one for him, and thinks she's the worst person ever, but really, she's just living her best life. Wow. Um, (laughs) Where did you get the inspiration for that, Seth? Nowhere. I just came up with it on my own, if you'd believe that. That's really... Both you and Danny had very original ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would win Best Director. For uh, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> no, quiet. Uh, <laughs> similar, but... <laughs> but it would be... Well, now I don't want to say it, because... No, just I want to say it. Say it. Say it. Um, it would be... My Terry Crews and DTRJ doing the Rock Johnson um, rom-com. Wait, I've oh never God. heard him referred to as DTRJ. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> but it would be the rom-com of them, both single dads, falling in love. <laughs> oh. And becoming like, all, like kind of like the Brady Bunch, um, with all of like their really muscly kids and becoming one family. Oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever heard. That's beautiful. I love it. Pretty good. But yeah, DTRJ, you can take that home with you. I and if you, and if we you use will. conversation, and then people are like, "What are you talking about?" Then you can say really hauntily, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Duh. Obviously, <laughs> how many other DTRJs do you know? I don't know. Maybe like I can't think of any names. I just exactly. my mind went blank. <laughs> Danny the really jokester. Mm. yeah that's that's exactly what it stands for so speaking of dtrj listeners hit us up and answer our question because 
I'm sure you can think of some great original names for some great original movies. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podron. Find us on our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email us at roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. Or subscribe to us via the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play. And leave us a very nice message. Or review even. <laughs> Any of those. <laughs> Next time, X-Wing Wraith Squadron, chapters 13 through 16. And with that, this is Rogue Podron signing off. Pash out. Pew 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 pew. Through the church. (laughs) Rogue leader signing off. Rogue six signing off. Rogue seven signing off. Rogue three signing off. Wait. I just realized that we're going to have to do the pew pew thing in person at Celebration. We sure are. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Blam, blam, blam. Get your hand motions ready because it can't be just the sound. Wait, there's hand motions? Yeah, you you like fire little guns off. Oh, I thought we were being X-Wings. Yeah, but we should have an X-Wing hand motion. What's the X-Wing hand motion? What do you think it is? I don't know, but I look really silly right now. <laughs> exactly. We're all gonna look silly on stage. Excellent. We are silly squadron. <laughs> yep. Silly squadron.